listening to City of London Symphonia's Spring Season Podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you're returning to our podcast channel, it's nice to have you back. This episode is full of the wonders of spring, as we delve into our spring season of concerts in London. We'll catch up with CEO Matthew Swan about our first outing at the newly refurbished Queen Elizabeth Hall and our new series of chamber miniatures, CLS Minis. We'll also hear from our leader and creative director, Alexandra Wood, about her fondest memory of performing alongside viola player Brett Dean, and from Anne Morphy, one of our first violins, who will give you an introduction to mindful meditation. Well, the therapeutic effects of music are well documented. Music has the power to excite, to calm, and to reach the myriad of emotions in between. Whether you're sitting peacefully in a cafe or taking the dog for a walk, We hope you enjoy the episode. And now, what is hero worship all about? I think nowadays we've got a very good idea of the artist as as hero, this kind of, you know, crazy individual who uh, creates what he or she wants to and is is very much their own manager. But it it definitely wasn't always the case. Uh, And until the 18th century and and the early 19th century, in fact, it it was very much the case that, that artists, musicians particularly, and composers, were considered part of the servant class, that they were artisans, they were producer of things for the upper classes to consume and that they weren't necessarily in charge of their own artistic vision. Beethoven was the man that that changed that. Um, He looked at political and military and and, and sort of leadership heroes throughout his life, particularly, of course, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. But through a a series of events where he he fell out of love with with Napoleon for for all intents and purposes, he decided that true heroism came from the artist. And our hero worship concert on the 8th of May at Queen Elizabeth Hall really follows that journey and Beethoven's own realisation Ironically enough, at the same time, Beethoven is, is coping with his growing deafness. But it's, it's a journey of how Beethoven realises that the artist is becoming the hero. And all of the, the, the anguish and that realisation is presented in his third symphony, which will be directed by Brett Dean, a wonderful composer in his own right. I think what's most interesting for me about this concert is the fact that Brett is collaborating with a great friend of his, Dr Christopher Clarke, who is a Cambridge historian. Uh, and Christopher Clarke is, is someone who is, is a fantastic historian, but a great music lover as well, and really has wonderful insights into the historic significance of this change, this change from an artist becoming a servant, an artisan, someone who is at the, the beck and call of the upper classes to someone who drives artistic and creative and philosophical thinking themselves. So a really fascinating evening at the newly reopened Queen Elizabeth Hall, and I think one that uh, will be fascinating and entertaining uh, and enlightening in equal measure, if that's not too much of a pun, Beethoven being a great figure of the Enlightenment, of course. Um, And from a musical perspective, very interesting as well, because we're doing Beethoven three, uh, Beethoven's Third Symphony, rather, without a conductor. I think you know most ideas most people's idea of an orchestra is this this guy at the front and it is sadly still usually a guy not with CLS of course waving their arms away and and sort of you know like a a, a magician in front of the orchestra but actually the way our musicians play is much more like chamber music it's much more intimate it's much more connected both with themselves and with the audience so having a, a fantastic composer like Brett who is also an outstanding viola player and an outstanding chamber musician, 
brings a different perspective to it and one that I think will bring the audience closer to it as well. I'm certainly looking forward to it the whole evening, both to be enlightened by what Christopher Clarke is saying and also to enjoy some fantastic music making with, with Brett and our wonderful orchestra. Can you tell us a bit about the experience the audience is going to have in this concert? I see it as being like a TED Talk. You know when you stumble across that fantastic TED Talk and you know some person is spouting lyrical about the wonders of this particular new technology or the way something has changed uh, and they're hugely popular. I think it's, it's basically a TED Talk but with, with a 40-piece orchestra there. It's a great way Which, I mean, you know, who wouldn't, frankly? You know, tickets at what? Five pounds if you're 25 or under. Of course you'd be there. <laughs> And this is the first of many collaborations to come with Southbank Centre at Queen Elizabeth Hall, isn't it? Uh, it is. We already have dates in the diary for uh, autumn twenty nineteen, autumn twenty eighteen, rather I should say, uh, and next spring. Um, next spring, uh, twenty nineteen. Um, bit of a sneak preview. We'll be recreating an Australian rainforest inside the Queen Elizabeth Hall without the rain, and also recreating the Dusk Chorus from uh, ancient British woodlands as well. Uh, and this autumn, Bark and Numbers. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Alexandra Wood, what's your fondest memory of working with Brett Dean? I've been lucky enough to collaborate with him on a number of occasions. And actually, the, the one that, that sticks in my mind was a summer course on which I was helping. And he was the kind of artist in association. And in the very final concert, he came and played in the orchestra at the back of the viola section. And I just remember this aura of energy and this charisma coming from the back of the viola section from his playing which actually really inspired everyone and it molded the way the orchestra played we're going to be performing some of his music a piece called testament which is amazing um it's pretty pretty tricky but it's fantastic he's a great composer that's hero worship at southbank center's queen elizabeth hall on 8th of may the first of many outings at the new qeh to come Tickets are available at cls.co.uk and southbankcentre.co.uk and you can also keep up to date with event information via the hashtag CLS at the QEH. Next up, Matthew introduces our new series of Lunchtime and Evening Miniatures, a chamber series curated and performed by our outstanding professional musicians. Well, lots of good things come in mini packages, don't they? Cars, ice creams... Uh, so this is our, our version uh, in orchestral music. I think it's it's a really interesting series and it's it's a lot to do with our focus on mental health and mental well-being. So we've actually got three programmes and we're doing each of them twice. Uh, and each programme focuses on a different area of the orchestra. So we've got the strings playing at the Albany, we've got our brass section playing in Brixton and in Mile End, and we've got our woodwind playing at the West London Synagogue. And in each case, during the daytime, we'll do uh, a relaxed performance. So a performance geared towards people who are perhaps living with dementia or their carers or maybe another invisible disability associated with with age. And it's an opportunity to come along to some great venues, the Albany, um, Brixton itself um, in the open air and also West London Synagogue. And in an environment where you can be confident that the performers are aware of people with those conditions attending the concerts, no one judging you, you have the opportunity to, to sort of come and go if you need to do that, and just a wonderful way to, for people to enjoy perhaps music that they loved when they were, they were younger, but don't necessarily get the opportunity to now. 
And then exactly the same program early evening with a mindfulness meditation actually integrated into the concert. So Anne Morphy, who is wonderful, uh, one of our violinists, in fact, and also a mindfulness practitioner, and Anne's got the sort of voice, I think you'll agree, Tasha, that, I mean, frankly, she could read the telephone directory and you'd yeah. think it was the most relaxing thing you'd ever heard. Absolutely. It is wonderful. But she, she really thinks about the music and within that mindfulness moment gives the listener something to really focus on uh, or watch or listen for um, in the performance, which... I think, you know, we're all living very busy lives. Um, I imagine a lot of people have probably got, you know, a mindfulness app on their phone or something like that. Mm-hmm. But experiencing it with live music um, is really powerful. And I think, certainly for me, I've, I've experienced and doing it and I've, I've got the app on my phone, which I don't use as much as I probably should for my own <laughs> mental well-being. But actually having the music there, it's, it's let's use a word again, it's so powerful, this, this focus on something which I admit I I rarely do very well listening to music and just being in the moment so it's fantastic for that Um, and I guarantee you'll feel a million times better coming out of it at the end how did these mindfulness meditations come about well we've done two pilots now Um, we worked with with one of our corporate supporters they had um, a mental health awareness day and we took Anne uh, as part of a string quartet into their offices in the city and we did two sessions for their employees, which was very successful and we had great feedback. Uh, and we also did something uh, before our Fruit of Silence concert at Southwark Cathedral. And what was interesting about that concert is that I think, you know, 25% of the audience for that concert were aged 25 or under. Yep, I think this is, this is something that really appeals to that, that generation. And I mean, that, those are the younger audiences who know about. I think there were lots of people in their late 20s and 30s mm-hmm. that were there at the concert as well. And I think, you know, it is part of a growing realisation that we do, as a society, we need time to stop and focus and stop being bombarded with the, the sort of, you know, the deafening roar of work and noise pollution and social media um, and all these other things that, you know, are supposed to make our lives better, but quite often make our minds overly busy and stressed mm-hmm. and tired. And Anne and the musicians of City London Symphonia are there just to give you an hour's peace and calm and nice focus. Hour. The magic hour. The magic hour, it. seven to eight. What are you going to do? Go for a gin and tonic or come and listen to some music. Which is going to be better for you? Music. Have the gin and tonic afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. We're very lucky at CLS to have musicians who also champion other practices. Anne Morphy, a registered mindfulness practitioner, as well as one of our violinists, will be leading mindful meditations in our three music and mindfulness concerts this spring. Stay tuned as Anne explains a bit more about how mindfulness and music work together. Mindfulness is a practice which encourages you to step out of autopilot, to reconnect with your body and your breath, to give yourself breathing space, become more aware of stresses and to enable you to step back from stress. Simply by recognising the extent to which we live on autopilot gives us the opportunity to use our attention in a more purposeful and non-judgmental way. Meditation is a proven method of reducing stress. So you might ask, how does mindful meditation go together with live music? Well, the therapeutic effects of music are well documented. Music has the power to excite, to calm and to reach the myriad of emotions in between. 
When I prepare for a mindful music session, I look in depth at the music, its structure, context, how the instruments might be used, the range of emotions the composer uses. I also like to consider the philosophy of the composer if it's relevant, and I hope to highlight aspects of the music which allow some insight or reflection appropriate to the practice of meditation. After introducing the music, with all of this in mind, I lead a short meditation with reference to, but not accompanied, by the chosen work. In my experience, audiences have found that this practice enhances their listening experience and the involvement of the physical body through breathing techniques and body scanning brings a new dimension to the concert. This simple but powerful practice can bring an immediate sense of well-being to complement that which comes through the music alone. What a calming voice Anne has. Intrigued by how mindfulness works with live music? Come and try it out in our hour-long music and mindfulness concerts in CLS Minis this April. You can find all the details related to our series on our website at cls.co.uk and on Twitter via the hashtag CLSminis. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate or review us on Apple Podcasts, or you can hit the like button or repost it on your own SoundCloud feed. We really enjoy hearing from our audiences, so please do leave your feedback and tweet us at City London Symphonia. We would love to hear from you. Thanks to all our guests featured in this episode, and to our executive team for producing. Join us next time as we focus on our participation programme, including music making in healthcare settings and the use of music technology.